You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, post-game show. Sherrod. Zanis, it's the boo- we're doing a boomer show in honor of Joe Johnson. The kids didn't feel like showing up tonight. Um, I think they're coming. Uh, Joe Sway uh, is at the garden. Bobby uh, is uh, is somewhere, but he's going to join us in a little bit. Um, and we'll talk about uh, – I, I don't know what to say about this game. There's plenty of good stuff to talk about, but, I mean, you basically played – I mean, JV is a is a is a would be a, an overstatement uh, for the team that you played uh, with the Cavs tonight. You had a couple of couple of players, but man, were they thin? I mean, and this is just what's happening in the NBA right now. So I guess you just got to kind of live with it. But um, you know, still a positive win. Absolutely. I mean, to me, for this team, any win is a positive win. But, but particularly when you can get a win, you can play a lot of different guys. And everyone leaves relatively, you know, healthy. That that's a win on every level. But obviously, for for me, and I think for a lot of people, you know, the story was just Joe Johnson and just Joe actually getting a chance to get out there on the floor, uh, do what Joe Johnson does, which is get buckets. Uh, I, I feel, and I, I honestly, I feel like oh, garden Wi-Fi, <laughs> garden Wi-Fi coming in. But uh, Bobby's uh, here. Sorry, lost you for a second. Uh, I do want to give props to Sherrod here as he's kind of unfreezing, and I think he's back with us now. Sherrod literally willed this into existence on the A-List podcast uh, earlier this week. Just simply said, you know, with what's going on around the league, someone's going to go out there and sign Joe Johnson. It's inevitable at this point. You he know? knew. He, he knew. knew. He knew something. Joe Johnson is perfect for what's happening in the NBA right now. You need guys who have a clear and undeniable skill. Joe Johnson, literally in the two minutes, the one minute, 57 seconds he played, did exactly what Joe Johnson does. Is he perfect for the Celtics, though? This is who he is, always has been, always will be. The 45th greatest scorer in NBA history, which is saying a lot. I mean, only 44 guys have scored more points than him who have ever played in this league. Joe Johnson, he's just a dude. So if the Celtics stay where they are right now, I'm fine with the signing. It's a nice publicity thing. It's full circle. It's a, it's part of the coolness of the story, Sherrod. Like, this is the only silver lining of the last week or two here. If they do lose more guys, though, and they actually end up needing these players, 
I think CJ Miles, Joe, jo- those are like the worst signings you could make in terms of a guy that can come in right now and contribute. These guys haven't played in the NBA in years. Uh, not only that, but it just goes completely against the approach I've wanted them to take, which is try out as many young players as possible. Just bring in guys that haven't worked in other locations. Justin Jackson is an example of this, which I actually like. Um, just, I don't think many of these guys are going to get chances anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But say Tatum goes down in protocol, you know, knock on wood here, you're going to want someone that can actually step in and play the wing position. I'm just not sure Johnson can. That pressure wasn't all that convincing, Sherrod. A 40-year-old saying, I'm in the best shape of my life. <laughs> like, all right, well, I guess we'll this take way. your word. Every time we've seen Joe Johnson, whether it's NBA, whether it's big three, whether whatever, whatever level, he gets buckets. I mean, he, that's just who he is. And again, I, to your point, Bobby, is this someone that you want to see out there for 15, 20 minutes a night? I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> but if you are in a situation where, let's say, you're at the short end of a 17-4 run and you need someone in there to maybe kind of slow the bleeding down a little bit, Joe Johnson is that kind of guy. He can get you like four or five points in a very short period of time, and then you get his ass out of there because you know he's going to hurt you at the defensive end at some point. Maybe Joe Johnson, that's all he's, he's auditioning for the He's auditioning for the Jabari Parker role that uh, Sherrod wanted – you know, filled with yeah. the guy, the guy who can get you buckets. You know, uh, I mean, it's fun. It is. I like. Could they have brought back Isaiah? That would have been fun too. There are a lot of fun ways you could go with this, and I was throwing names out there all day, as well as my followers. It, there's just Scal. something. Re- <laughs> Scal's on the list, but he's below Joe. I wonder if he's <laughs> below Ime. I'm thinking like an Ime Scal one on one for the next hardship exemption would be appropriate. Uh, Have Aaron Miles or uh, whoever else is on that staff, Ben Sullivan, step up and coach. And listen, Ime asked for it, Sherrod. He was like, (laughs) I wanted this when I played. Well, here it is, just a little late. (laughs) Seize the opportunity, Ime. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's again, it's a lot of good things. I mean, you know, Joe Johnson. David Sardemeyer, that's the one, right? (laughs) On the staff. I think he can still play. Not I've heard well, he's been at practice lighting it up. He's playing in some scrimmages and actually scoring on some of these guys. Uh, so I can see that. He's at the top of the list in the coaching staff for sure. I think Emei's probably a little long out of the game. No, nah, Emei's Yeah, I mean, he wasn't, he, wasn't, he wasn't great when he played, so I don't know what he's Yeah, I mean, Emei, Emei was like <laughs> Mr. Defense, versatility, all that. He Emei wasn't getting buckets. Yeah. Um, he played with Tim. You're not getting buckets not. playing with Tim. Chauncey yeah. Billups, your guy. Probably some potential there. Yeah, no, nah, Chauncey's Chon- not. Nah, he's good. We, we, him and I had a conversation. No, nah. Ray Allen. He's always ready. It's been a few years Ray, though on his front. Ray Allen would be an interesting one. Ray Allen would be an interesting one. Cause you, you think we're gonna I get still, a crazy one like that? Sure. Uh, I do. I th- someone I is gonna do you, it. Guess, yeah. Someone is going to take someone that you're gonna be like, oh my god, I can't believe that dude is still alive. But the guy has to still. The guy has to still want to play. Like I don't mm-hmm. like. I, don't, I think I, everybody wants to play. No, no I mean, one... like I, I think Ray Allen is golfing. I don't think Ray Allen's played ba- is playing ball like on a ray. Like I Joe, think John- he's out Joe Johnson the wanted him out. Joe Johnson's playing friggin' every three on three and five on five and junior That's and true. you know Joe's playing, a hooper. Joe's playing yeah. competitive basketball at a lower level and has been for years. You know he shows up everywhere, so he's still. He's still in game shape. I believe it when he says he's in shape. Yeah, I was you know, in the he, big three too, isn't he? Or is he yeah, a coach or something? Yeah, yeah. he played. Um, but so you know he's some... thinking about it. You know he's like, all right. I was thinking he had it get? under the uniform, <laughs> and you might get a, you know, Cantor goes you... down and 
just rips it off. I know? wish Gorman asked him because you know it's somewhere in the uh, in the noggin here. <laughs> yeah, of him making the comeback. Yeah, no, it's uh, it was what it was. But like, all right, let's try to take the game at face value and right. move the move the nonsense aside, which was, <laughs> you know, the the Joe Johnson signs and it's great and it's fun. Um, and, uh, you know, I didn't Cle- think he'd get in the game. That was fun. I'm glad Cleveland, Cleveland's missing everybody. So it's hard to judge this game. Celtics are basically playing a G league team. Not quite, but they're playing, a you know, couple, you know, a, a really, really, really depleted, um, uh, Cavs team worse than they were, I think by a considerable margin, considering who they, who they were without, but Bobby, what were your observations of the game itself? What stands Defense, out? Well, you're going to, you're going to start with you- Dennis Schroeder, aren't you? No, it, I'm just kidding. We'll get. I'm there. actually in his defense tonight. Uh, I know, on, I know, I know. It's good. Yeah, there. yeah. Uh, the defense was good, although you're playing Taco and company there in Cleveland. Cleveland's thin. They didn't have the bodies to sustain the losses they did had going into this one. Uh, still, some good players on that side though. Darius Garland, Ricky Rubio, and uh, and Kevin Love, of course, gave them hell too. So you had probably four high-level players on Cleveland coming at you offensively, and they denied those passing lanes. They used. I mean, it to yeah, you've transition. got Rubio, you've got Markinen, who's been bad, but he can he can still do some things. Oh, he you was know. awful tonight. He was though. awful. You have <laughs> you, you have C D Osman. It's not a total bust. They went on you're... some runs with C D and uh, Kevin yeah. Love there. They kept it around fourteen, but this is realistically how much you should have beat them by. Uh, you have a lot more of your core talent in Harris Boston, and this was a pretty easy game to win against a team that doesn't score that well to begin with here. So the defense was locked down. They turned into transition basketball. Jalen thrived in that area. I thought Jalen was just sensational here. Tatum passed the ball. They got young guys going. Romeo, excellent. Neesmith, few moments here or there. There you go, Sherrod. And then Pritchard continuing his good play. I mean, I think we can talk about, if you want to bring it to Schroeder, Richard versus Schroeder at this point. Well, so that's the thing. So that's where I kind of, I don't want to, I mean, we can go there now. It doesn't really matter. Let's do it. When, earlier in the year, you know, when I was, you know, kind of, not even, even a few weeks ago, when I was clapping back at like the Schroeder crowd, it was kind of like, what do you expect the guy to be? Like, he's a flawed player. You bring him in there to get buckets. He's not the guy who's going to lead your team and involve all the other players. He's going to drive you nuts by taking shots and dribbling the ball. You know, but that's who he is, and you knew you got him. You were just happy to have a player of his skill level here, and he saved their ass multiple times by being the only guy who could score when everything else had shut down, and they can really attribute two or three wins directly to, to his efforts. Oh, that Milwaukee one? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So there's no others. doubt about it. But what I didn't like is – if you're going to complain about Schroeder knowing full well what he is, present an alternative. And at the time, they didn't have one because Pritchard was playing so poorly. You know, there was really no other person you're going to bring in there, especially at a time when Jalen was down and you had no offense anywhere. But when the mm-hmm. team's back in full, Schroeder has a role to play. And that role is I wanna... get to the get to the be- from the bench, drive that offense score some points, you know, energy, you know, Vinnie Johnson microwave sort of stuff, you know, come on in there and do your thing, but you can't be this friggin' inefficient. You can't take every shot when you're out there and you can't miss every shot when you're out there. In addition to the turnovers and everything, I mean, this was all around just the crowning of crap games for Dennis Schroeder. This was terrible tonight. So when you see this, I get it. All the detractors immediately are going to be like, see, he's the worst. Monday was bad, too. One, I think he's a little hobbled. uh, But two, when he plays like this, 
and you start to see things from uh, from uh, Pritchard, which you have over the last couple of games, that makes him look a little bit more competent and usable. Uh, you you can start to make an argument now about you know about the minutes. Yeah, and that's what you really want. The one thing I I, I think I want to see more of is like real legitimate competition where guys who yep. if you're struggling, there's a guy that's ready to take your spot if you're not getting it done. Was that what Romeo and, starting tonight was? I I get I, I kind of felt that way. Yeah, I mean I I love what Romeo did today. I mean, <laughs> and and the other guy we can talk about him later, but Rob I thought it was Rob was was sensational today. Yep, with his We're overall game. Some I mean, Rob too. Yep. Just great flow at both ends of the floor. There was that one sequence defensively, and we talked about Rob, you know, as, as far as, like, being just such a quick jumper, where there was a sequence where he contested the shot, was out of position, the guy reloaded, was able to contest that shot, and then the guy just – That's just you gotta Joe That's just You got to be ready when you're called upon, like Romeo, like like Pritchard, and Joe Sway's just not. We give him all these examples, and he's just like, what? What? <laughs> when you get your opportunity, you gotta cash it in. Okay, that's absolutely. what they say. Yeah, absolutely. Isaiah Thomas, when he was in Boston, people forget that Marcus Smart had a little ankle boo boo, and that's how Isaiah <laughs> Thomas actually started playing. And next thing you know, he's a two time All Star. So let's Take be clear: of- there, there are no trade discussions going on in the NBA right now. If we're gonna bring it to that with Schroeder, I mean, these front offices—that's the just thing. Rambling, right? Enough, now. people. <laughs> Like, this is when we're having the conversation, we're talking about selling high on an asset that might actually hurt you if you get rid of them. When you finally get to the point where in your in your mind you've decided Schroeder sucks now, that's when you start saying trade him? Too late. Too late yeah. to jump on this bandwagon. You and need it, him to, it might have guys, been. This, this is a cart. This is the rule with trades. If if you're going to make a trade for somebody, it it has to hurt you in order for the other team to want it. Because if it doesn't hurt a little, then the other team doesn't want it at all. There's no such thing as a trade where you're happy with what you got and don't give a crap about what you gave up. That's not how trades work. So the only way Schroeder gets traded is if he plays so well that getting rid of him will actually sting a little bit. You can't just all of a sudden when he starts sucking be like, yeah, I'm all set with him. We can trade him for that first round pick now. You're not getting it if he's playing like that. And to be fair, I think there's a number of people that have been frustrated with him throughout uh, there's yeah. been a sizable amount, I'd imagine. And listen, I'm not it's a true hater. I've, I've deflected yeah. this all along. I, I, I enjoy what he's brought here. You think of how smart struggled early on, Tatum, all your main offensive facilitators there, and Schroeder just made it happen with multiple 20-point games at 38. You just don't pick up yeah. guys for $5 million who can score 38 points in a game. Uh, doing it efficiently, too, inside, hitting shots on uh, you know sequences around the perimeter. He did so many good things for this team, including passing. Uh, it's falling apart here, and that obviously makes it a little bit easier to stomach if you're going to do it. But the reality is you're probably up against getting value for him anyway uh, with the contract situation. Few teams can make a real offer to him after the year. Pure rental. Are there many teams with this big crunch of 500 teams in the middle of the league who are going in on him? Then you might have to sell low here, even if he's playing great, just to get something back. Uh, it could even be a pick. Um, but I've said all along, it makes sense. You can't let him walk at the end of the year. And that's what his play has led toward, right? Like there's a team that's going to probably give him the full mid level. Uh, maybe there's a team that gives him cap space, but I don't see that. So we'll see where the Celtics goes. They could try to keep him. I'm not totally against that either. And just have him in the rotation during a crazy COVID year. Uh, 
he's one of your few reliable guys in terms of rotation players here. I'm not going crazy about what Pritchard, Neesmith, Lankford did this week. Extra opportunity for sure. But let's not forget, those guys, they got some opportunity early, and they struggled immensely. And Pritchard especially couldn't hit a shot to start this year. Uh, so I'm not 100% ready to sell this position out to Pritchard uh, if we're, if we're going to go in that direction. But I'm there's not more at all. There. And, and again, I think some people in the chat are you know, are suffering from selective memory with some things like, I, at least in this group, I'm a big Dennis supporter, um, and I, I I think he's been critical to to what they've done early. I'd still, even though I actually like what Dennis Schroeder does, would have traded him at the peak at his peak value simply because I don't think this is a year that they're going to contend. So yeah, if he starts playing well again, I'm all for that New York thing still there though. No doubt about it. Especially if you know there's something there that's going to be a reasonable facsimile, you know, and that's all you're trying to get from Pritchard is, oh, okay, a little bit of offense and a guy I'm not afraid to play, you know, because his minutes over the first 20 games were really, really bad. But the last few times out, a bit more confidence, getting getting into the lane a little bit better than he was before. That was something that wasn't happening at all early. And the shot's falling. So uh, that makes a huge difference. And he's not killing you on the defensive end either. He's even grabbing some I think some he's boards. been good he's, offensively. He's, he's been He's been good defensively, so I you don't have a beef with him right now. I like what we're seeing. Yeah, I, I like what we're seeing, but it, it, it you know I it's still a relatively small sample size compared to what we've seen prior to when he wasn't playing great. Uh, I, I think Bobby, to your point, he is playing with a greater amount of consistency the last few outings. But I need to see more. I need to see at least another three, four, five game stretch so I can feel confident that okay, this is him. This is who he is. This is what we can count on and expect. I don't feel that right now. I, I just feel he's had a couple of really good games. Yeah, with a ton of rhythm and room for error out there. Uh, Fair enough. Minutes. I'm going to let Joe. So, Joe yeah, Sway's done giving his tour. Joe Sway's done giving his tour, so we're going to let him in here. So I actually <laughs> – look, that's a, that's a long story, man. I actually saw someone I haven't seen since, like, this whole 2000 night is, is real. But anyways, I'll tell you guys that in a second. But let me guess. I don't know exactly who you guys – We don't care about catch-up with Joe Sway. We don't care about catching oh, up oh, with no. Joe Sway. Oh, no, you do, Gerard. You do. This that's for legendary. the 60th minute. This is a legendary yeah, that, that's, story. That's for, the, that's for the Broadway Street podcast. You can't make this stuff up, man. Mom, I'm fasc- it's a fascinating story. All right, the Garden Report postgame show, as always, is brought to you by our exclusive wagering partner, BetOnline. Just go to betonline.ag, use the code CLNS50 for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. We've got it all going right now. you got basketball, hockey, NFL yeah. football, NCAA football, horses, MMA, golf. Is there still golf? If there isn't, there there's, will be there's, there's, there's always golf. golf there's on. always some yeah. kind of golf. Props, live betting, all kinds of weird stuff. Out, outside of the sports realm, anything you want to, you know, place a bet on. Yep. BetOnline's got it. BetOnline.ag. Code CLNS50. 50% welcome bonus. Go check it out right now. And as always, make sure to gamble responsibly. All right, bro. But no, without without even knowing who you guys are talking about, I'm going to guess and say it's Peyton Pritchard, right? Bobby, you want to see more of him? You oh, got oh, it. That's what you guys are talking about? See, I think I it's love, in play now. I love what we're seeing now. Yeah, it's definitely in play, but I don't – I mean, I, I'm still waiting for consistency here. You know, like I, I don't already give him we the said, keys to be the Joe, backup point guard. No, just for background, Josue, all we said is, um, you know, Schroeder's had a couple bad games, and all of a sudden you're starting to see the trade Schroeder stuff pop up, which we're like, okay, it doesn't work that way when he's bad and you don't want him anymore. You know, whatever. But really, more so. <laughs> Who hey, wants him tonight? You know, 
if and when you ever move on, this is the worst of him, and I just don't think he's super healthy. But if and when you yeah. move on, if it ever happened, you'd feel better about it if you saw this version of Pritchard. Of course, you need to see consistency. But again, with the kids, you're taking scraps right now, right? Because you know you just you want to see just the positive upward movement in in their games you know you don't need 20 points a night 20 minutes a night you just want to see them make the most of their minutes and not look lost or unplayable you know you want fewer of those Neesmith in transition moments tonight you know um or Neesmith euro step which might have been i might have laughed harder at that than i have at any comedy this year of Neesmith trying to euro step uh, and drawing that offensive foul was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. But you want to avoid those, and you want to have some some good moments. Romeo, good moments tonight, you know? Right, right. And that's exactly yeah. what we were talking about the other night, right? Trying to put those guys together and turn them into one solid piece. And if that could be Peyton Pritchard, then that would be exactly what we're looking for between one of those three guys. But I'm just, again, yeah, I still think it's early. Uh, I also think that Schroeder, I mean, maybe these, yeah, the health thing is, is certainly concerned, but it was sort of a, a bad of luck of, of a couple of things, right, factored into this, right? There was a couple of – remember those moments when he was sort of getting into it with Tatum and then they both said that it was all over, but then right then and there. And then – Brown as well. And with Jalen, that's when I started to see the down – kind of like the, the numbers go down a bit. That's when the rumors came out. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's something that he's, like, saying, you know and what? And he goes to the bench. I don't really think it's interesting thing, move today. I don't think it's a thing that uh, – it's him saying, like, oh, I'm giving up on this team or whatever, but I just feel like it's a bad coincidence of all these events coming together at this time and, and of course the next three or four weeks we're going to find out what happens because the Southern's going to try to do something here some sort of roster shakeup. I don't think the Joe Johnson signing is, is the end of it here so we'll wait and see. Wait Joe Sway what are you saying is the bad coincidence? I, I lost you for a second. I just think it's a coincidence of him getting into it with Tatum and Brown his, his all of a sudden his, his, his production went down then Dennis? Came, you know yeah Dennis Schroeder then he's unhealthy you know it's just been a bad combination thing and then yeah that's when Celtics fans are like oh yeah get rid of this guy he's, you know he's a Well he's why a do problem. you think it was automatic early this year. Uh, Wing was out, or your first guy was out. Really, anybody was out on the Celtics. Schroeder would start. Tonight was the first yeah. time all year that they didn't do that. Uh, and I haven't seen a quote from Ime on it yet. They're just a curious decision, because no. that was well, without a well, thought. Well, yeah, Bobby, Romeo's last he... start, Schroeder was out with the non-COVID illness, right? So yeah. this is the first opportunity that you could have started him in that place. Yeah, okay. I mean, I mean, how often do we see him sit out the entire fourth quarter for you, much? That's what happened last night. Well, that's happened more lately, yeah. Yeah, lately, but, you know. He came back in tonight. I was surprised. Even, even for a couple of minutes, I was surprised. He's not a closer right. on this team anymore, for sure. But you knew two nights ago when Peyton Pritchard hit those three shots that, okay, he's we're not going to see any more shorter because you were happy with that, you know? That would have never happened three weeks ago. No, it's a great point. There's a lot of momentum going against them. And like I said a few minutes ago, I don't think there's any trade talks going on in the NBA the way this G League and COVID crunch is going on uh, through the new year. I think that sort of thing will be settled like many other things closer to the deadline, which is now 50 days away. Uh, so we're seven weeks or so up from that deadline. You know, that's... That's a number I'm keeping tally to is trade obsessed as I am. Uh, so this isn't happening in the immediate future, but it is interesting, Josue, as you say, to see him phased out of the roles, even with a fairly limited roster right now that he was in earlier this year, closing lineups. He's not in against the Knicks. I, I don't believe he was in against Philadelphia late, if I remember correctly. And then again tonight before he goes back in. Uh, so we, 
He moved out of the starting lineup too. It wasn't a matchup thing. The Cavs are a pretty big team out there. You put another yeah. wing. Uh, maybe that's sort of what you were trying to gear toward there. You didn't have a second four. So maybe this is a spot where you would have started Grant if you were fully healthy. So I don't know why they did that. I'm waiting for a quote. I think that's a very telling move that they moved him out of the starting lineup. Well, no, I think uh, if you're Eme, this is a great way to show you. You know, people like 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 uh, you know Langford, Neesmith. Oh, Langford Richard. was hey, bad in that game is, on Monday. Right, but I think it's also a way of him saying, "Look, this is your path to getting minutes here." You know, like look what happened to Pritchard here. You know, I mean, obviously knocking shots is 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 you know the, an obvious thing that that helps his chances, but also just being engaged on both ends of the floor. I think he did a, a tremendous job tonight, and the same thing happened a couple of nights ago. Why do you think he went to the bench, Sherrod? I think he's he's just at that point now where. There's because there's no stable group or a collection of players he can rely on. I think he's just got even he, he's got to reach. He's got to try experiment. I mean, to me, the one thing I always loved about Brad Stevens was that if you were on the active roster, you knew there was a chance you might play. You mm-hmm. absolutely knew that was a chance. And I think that if if there's one thing, if there's only one thing, Ime, I would like to see him adopt from Brad. That would be it. The fact that you you need your players to feel as though they need because it's going to get called. You know you're going to get a chance to play. I don't think he necessarily does that as well as he should. I think he's he's understanding as he learns how to be a head coach. You got to you got to empower your players to feel as though they they've got a shot at playing every night. Cuz there's nothing worse than seeing a guy ahead of you playing like crap and you don't play at all or you John, or you don't play yeah. much. Especially like 30 games into the season. Yeah. yeah. What do you think what do you think it was, John? With what? Why he started? Saying, yeah. I think size played a role into it as well. Um, so sometimes you just have to look at the other side and see what you can get away with there. But in this case, you know, that, that would be a consideration. But tonight, they started two point guards. Um, Cleveland did. So I don't think that that would have been it, right? Because no. you, you didn't yeah. have a liability there. I would say I'm saying size generally could be why you wouldn't want to go with the two shorter point guard type guys there if you if you're so used to double big and playing the three wings allows the switchability and does more things so the defense and the size would make sense regularly um it not necessarily in tonight's game but that's why i like it there i also like it for shooting um i also think just in terms of roles it's much easier it's much easier to hold your rotations when you're not constantly moving people around. If in your mind you want Dennis Schroeder to lead that bench unit and that bench offense, it's it, you know it makes more sense to plug someone else into the starting lineup and leave them there. Uh, and so maybe now that Jalen's back, he's decided, I've always wanted Dennis on that second unit, so I'm keeping him there. Um, and that's just going to be point. that. Yeah, having, you know, yeah. So that, that allows you to set your rotations. It's not as much a demotion as it is a, I, this is, this is the role I envisioned for him and I need to start using him in it. I've got guys all right now that have the ball in their hands a lot in that first unit. And I don't want Dennis out there with Jalen and Tatum right now. It's going to muck things up. Plus I still want Marcus to have the ball in his hands. Cause I want him to be out there making plays for those guys too. It's just him in that role. It's a stranger combination there. So I don't love it when they're all in there together that much. And maybe that's why that's what I would guess. I I don't know if he talked about it or not for why, why he went with it, but we've been talking about it from the beginning. I love, you know, and Bobby, you said he's still very stubborn about the double big thing. 
Um, and I really do feel that when Al comes back, we're going back to that. And I, I'm yeah, really sure. hoping, I'm hoping the audition of the triple wing lineup lasts a little longer and bears some fruit because I'd really like to stick with it. Um, and I'd like, you, you, you want to, I like it in theory, but I also want to see Romeo stay there and continue to grow. Uh, he's been the most consistent. I mean, Grant's been great sticking shots, but I do think Romeo has shown a hint of a ceiling that he might be able to get to if he just gets a little bit more regularity, especially with those, with those, with that starting, with that starting group. He he's been great defensively the last couple of and games. he's great defensively. Yes. And he In doesn't space. look really lost out there he, he, at yeah. all, but he's terrific. Like he defensively. It's always going to keep him on the court. There was a play against Golden State where Curry, very early in the game, took him inside and out the way Curry does, kind of moving the ball in there and then popping out where he always catches the ball and nails a three there. Romeo not only stayed with him through that whole process, but it batted down a pass, like anticipating the swing to the left there and almost completely blew up the play. Um, he, he just has great instincts. He's in the right place out there on that end. Uh, he, he starts to sprinkle in a little offense. I mean, you have a guy play 24 minutes and score zero points. He's doing something defensively. They wouldn't have just kept running him on Monday, yeah. giving you zero offensively. Like he, he keeps did. guys in front of him extremely well. And he's – we said it even last year. When he played in spurts, it was his defense that was keeping him in there. I thought I said last year he was their best on-the-ball defender, um, you know, ahead of Jalen. Certainly we compared to Avery. Yeah, certainly from that wing position. I love what he does. I think he's. I think he's really confident right now. The, it, right now, the only thing hurting him is he. He's he, he gets called for fouls that are like kind of medium fouls. Um, so he can't play as aggressive as he'd want to because every time there's a little bit of contact, if he's on a star player, the call doesn't go his way. But he's really up in your shirt. He, he's really really playing it tight. Fights through screens, all of that stuff. Quick, quick recovery too. You know, if he does, if he does get beat, he recovers quick. He's long. He challenges. He, he, I, I, he's been outstanding on the defensive end. Yeah. And again, he's getting that little in the lane, mid range sort of stuff. The drive. You know, I want to see him yeah. go a little stronger sometimes. The um, offense. I don't. I think love. that's the part of that's the part of his game that would that would be really beneficial because in transition, I mean, he's getting back on defense, but in transition to to convert those buckets, I mean, that's where I think he would be. You know, definitely useful. He's a guy you would think, and this is what I like with him in that first unit, because there'd be no attention paid to him. He's got he's got the options of either, as I said, kind of being that corner three guy and sit there and you know, again, it's not lights out, but he's shooting at about thirty seven percent, which is well, which is uh, uh, respectable. On very low volume, though. Very low volume, but you want to see him cut, run the baseline, all of that stuff. You saw Jalen found found him once underneath for the dunk. Two times in a row. Yeah, he's got to be the right place, right time sort of guy because he's going to be the beneficiary of a lot of stuff with the attention going to the other guys if he's playing with that unit. You know, he could really do a lot, filling the lane, cutting, you know, moving without the ball, uh, and then drive when you have it. If you get it and the defense is late coming over, attack, you know, um, and I sure. think he can do that. Yeah, he has playmaking potential, too. Uh, yeah. He can get downhill and find guys. He's done in very limited opportunities. Uh, so that's sort of like a Hayward-esque kind of thing you want to do. see him do with the starters, the secondary ball handling. He's not going to give you that level of shooting that Hayward did, but you want to see him leverage his dribbling and stuff in there. He doesn't have the burst in the lane either. There's a lot of things that limit him offensively, which is what prevents him, I think, from becoming a shoe-in starter with this group. Uh, you'd love to combine Neesmith's potential shooting with his 
defense because like they're sort of two polar opposites in that sense right now. But uh, you know, Sherrod was the biggest Romeo stockholder. I did say in some Come on. Oh, here we go. You can't rule out him becoming the constant among the young guys just because of the defense. Like the defense among all these young guys is rock solid and levels above all the other guys. Pritchard, who I think shows some signs, is too small. Grant uh, is too small for big man, too slow for the wing. And Neesmith's just a mess on that end. So Romeo rises above on that end of the floor. Yep. But, but Bobby, as much as you know, I love Romeo. I love, love Romeo. The fact that when you start talking about the other guys kind of in his class, they have major flaws. And because of that, Romeo, just by simply being solid, looks spectacular. Yeah, he looks spectacular by default. The bar we have for these guys is so low. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, Romeo, he's been solid, and that's – that's what they need. Could you imagine if one of these guys scored 30 one game? We would be like, like well, our mouth would be on the floor. <laughs> let me ask you guys this. Is it fair to say that some of the Romeo, a lot of it had to do with being hurt, not being available? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how much of it is due simply to his face? You, you know, like his facial, like his facial <laughs> yeah. expressions. I, yeah. I honestly wonder how much of it is due to the way he looks. And we I talk about you, it all the time. You His still see language. it in the chat. People are like, yeah. he doesn't care. He looks asleep out there. Like, yeah. does anything physically about what he's doing in the game make you think that he's not trying? He actually looks like he's putting in a, a, a fair amount of effort. He's moving his feet. You know, like he's playing really gritty defense. He's grabbing rebounds. He's doing a lot of different things. So I don't see that thing outside of he just has that DJAF face, you know, where he just and, he looks and a, a couple little, guys have he that looks a little league. sleepy, you know, and he's yeah. just you know drives Celtics fans crazy. People said it about faults too. They're like, I just Fultz, don't like his face, you know. Brandon Brandon right. Ingram has some of that. Sherrod, yeah, I mean, right. there's, there's a lot of I was guys. Say, it could be a generational thing. Man. Can't, he can't, might just be chill, man. Yeah. yeah. That's just that's just his demeanor. Yeah. Yeah, and that's yeah, okay. Especially as a young guy. Yeah, that's I, I don't have any. <laughs> it's superficial. Right, we bang him right. for and it. I, I, Tatum I, I gets banged I, for it. You I know? think it's it overrated. Is, right. I mean, Ingram's a great yeah. player. Yeah. All right, guys, quick pause. We want to tell you about one of our sponsors, and that is Insa. We're welcoming welcoming back Insa. Insa. Of, yeah, exactly. It's one of Massachusetts' premier cannabis dispensaries, Insa, I-N-S-A. Uh yeah. Their founders, Pat and Pete, they re-engineered the cannabis model uh, from what they sell to how they sell it. Uh, Insta dispensaries are inviting. They're modern. Uh, the staff are authorities on the science. Uh, they go in there. They can answer any question, difference between flowers, concentrates, uh, what you want to take for insomnia, anxiety. Edibles. Uh, hanging out with friends, whatever you want. They'll tell you exactly uh, what you need to fill your needs. Uh, world-class head chef there as well and again the founders one thing we want to tell you about head them they're chef. local they're local uh they're from they're from western mass salem not, yep no oh yeah located huh? in salem but there's a location in salem they're it's from to me. springfield bobby yeah, jumped the gun because the, the salem location <laughs> is near his Stop house Springfield. But they're lifelong pals from Springfield. Um, there's a couple of uh, locations out there, one near the MGM Casino. You can also go to East Hampton or, as Bobby said, Salem. Salem. This is the thing. Not enough people took advantage of this, so we're going to tell you about the deal one more time. If you go there and you mention that the Garden Report told you to stop by, mm-hmm. 
you get a t-shirt for a penny. That's literally all you have to do. And then you get anything else you want there too. That's not on us, but the t-shirt is on us. One penny. You know what? And I have a couple t-shirts and they're very comfy too. So go to t-shirts. Get that green one. Otherwise, go to insa.com or call 877-500-INSA for any uh, inquiries you have about anything else uh, going on. But if you want the T-shirt for a penny, just mention the Garden Report. Go get yourself some. Once yeah, again, ha- have a good time. Yeah, have a good time. Visit the various locations throughout Massachusetts or go to insa.com or call 877-500-INSA. No, it is. It is. I mean, I, I'll never forget when he uh... – uh, what was the most improved player when he when he when he got the when he got interviewed? He was so like it was seemed like he just woke up. It just seemed like he was out of it. Like he was, but it doesn't mean he doesn't care about basketball, right? It doesn't mean he he doesn't care about becoming a better player. So I, I don't he think that's fair for Romeo. He got mad. Shroud and I were at a summer league and we were talking to him after one of the games, and he was upset that that perception's out there about him. He's like, I care about this game a lot. Like I hate that people think that about me. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't I, think that's fair. But we, I mean, this is the year that we, we, we're waiting for him to, to put it all together. And, you know, it, it's, it's funny because, you know, John, you were saying earlier how he's been solid, and, you know, but what does he do exactly, right? It's like a little bit of everything, but nothing. What consistent. do you do here? Yeah. So it's like we're seeing flashes of, of, of who we think he is. And then we're like, well, when's he going to put it all together? Because some nights he doesn't even show up at all. So, yeah, it's, a, it's, 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 the, it's the jack of all trades, master of none sort of thing. You're right. Here's exactly. the thing, though. What I will say. He's, what I'll say happens to these guys um, sometimes. Some of it's on them. I think some of it is also just simply you've got alphas on this team right now, and it's unless they're going to mm-hmm. say, give me the friggin' ball, it's mine, you know, <laughs> there are going to be games where, I mean, Marcus Smart has two games uh, in two out of the last three games that Jalen Brown is back. He's got four field goal attempts and seven field goal attempts for four total points, two out of the three games Jalen's back. You you start to lose some touches and you lose some opportunities. So also, if you're afraid of making a mistake and getting yanked and this and that, sometimes you can be out there and not do much. And I do think a lot of times we're like, what did this guy even do here again? I felt and- that way on Monday. You yeah. see the 0 for 3, 0 points, 24 minutes, and it's hard to pull something from that. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to see a guy have that kind of night when he gets that kind of minutes. It just says a but lot. But again, Marcus, offense. Marcus had a you know two, three games ago a really low uh, uh, output game in terms of points, but an overall outstanding game on the defensive end, and you know with the assists. So Romeo again is you know doing it with his with his defense again. There's no question that the coaches, both Brad and Ime, Brad threw him in there the second he was ready to go last year because there was something in him he wanted to tap into, and it was definitely on the defensive end of things. Um, so he's the guy that they're trusting with those types of minutes, certainly in the Romeo versus Neesmith debate. But I want to see it. I, I'd like to see an extended stint in the starting in the starting lineup because, again, in that second unit, what happens? Everybody just watches Dennis dribble the ball, you know, like – I, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't then know. You, which... Then you mix in the, you mix in Dennis and Josh off the bench with uh, potentially Horford. That's a good and, three and, and I saw Joe. Yeah. It's, it's a, <laughs> Joe Sway, where are you it's at on the, on the Johnson, He's a bucket. the Johnson edition? I love it. I love it. Give him a shot. <laughs> He's a bucket. It's a message for everyone, you know? I mean, he's got a great story in, in itself. I mean, his career alone, you know, it wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't, I, I forgot he wore Max's number. It took him a while. I know. Yeah, it's funny. That's one of the things that crossed my mind when it happened. You don't got to give him a shot. He's going to take it. So let's just kill this idea. You need to give him a shot. 
Joe yeah, exactly. already has the clip loaded, ready to fire. So they need guys like that. Exactly. I know they some fearlessness, people. experience. <laughs> I know some people you know? who love that's that's uh Eme's new emergency button. I need a bucket. Damn it. Come on, Joe, get in there. I have some friends go, from the go I, smash that button. I I have some friends from the Hawks here who love his game. I wasn't the biggest fan in the world. I'm more of a passing, movement, defense kind of guy, but he was exceptional as a scorer on that team, and he killed the Celtics in certain spots through those years. That intense series was that 08 that uh, the Hawks just gave them hell and almost beat them round one. Horford on the other side, young in his career. Oh, he Uh, torched the Celtics that series, yeah. I believe Teague was a young player back then. Uh, those Hawks teams gave you a lot of trouble back then. So it is cool to see it come full circle. Again, this this G Lee rush is a really, really cool story for the next month here. That created a fun moment, atmosphere at the Garden, and what was just going to be kind of a dreadful game, missing a bunch of the best players on the floor. Uh, this is like some awesome silver lining to just I a want, dreary time. I want the entire 2001 draft class back. I want Kedrick Brown. I want Forte. I want Keydrick every Brown. one no, of them. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> No, you know, you know what the Celtics need right now. If we're if we're talking about in terms of uh, that that 2001 scope, they need a trade piece like Joe Johnson to flip for two pieces like like Tony Delk and Roddy Rogers in 2002. Like that's what, yeah, <laughs> that's what's missing. That's the that's the piece we've been talking about. You know, none of these big blockbuster deals. No, uh, a low grade deal like that where you got one solid piece and you're, you're bringing yeah, in a couple of veterans. Couple of veterans in return that are on the right side of thirty. You know? Let's let's go back to making all the wrong moves. <laughs> hey, listen, Bobby, it's before your time. That team got to the that team was two 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 wins away from uh, going against the Lakers in the finals. I feel Again, like that was Rogers like... and Delk were good for a minute, but that, you know that this was team about needs it. Two, yeah. They need two weapons right. that are good for a minute, John. That's the what, thing. <laughs> why were they trade? Why were they trading Johnson, season. Chauncey Billups, like all their high level young guys early in their careers? Because the man, the man named Rick Pitino was out of his mind. <laughs> Rick Pitino <laughs> lost his freaking mind. Yeah. <laughs> That's the shit. That's the shit I had to live through. <laughs> I mean, the tail end of it, at least. The whole thing, it was a strange era. Um, really strange era. Oh, man. Let's hope we're not entering another one. That's why I think <laughs> it's, it's just so funny to see, to see Joe it's, back, man. I'm like, it's been a strange few years here, for sure. I'm like, you're I the want... piece this team needs to flip. <laughs> not, Let's do wrong. literally, but... We're, we're kind of, we're kind of burying well, Rob we, a little no, bit. Here. I want to talk Rob. We're going to talk Jalen as well. Um, this was an all around. Um, you know, what's funny is I was getting annoyed with Rob's goofiness again early I in the know. game. He was, you were he was upset dri- in the first quarter. He was driving me nuts again because he's just kind of doing that sloppy Rob, like, you know, not looking. And there's just, I got so annoyed with him. And then he, like, the time he dribbled and he just tried to pass and. You know, I just, I don't know. I was losing it. And then all of a sudden, like, he kind of, like, discovered his powers, you know? Uh, And everything started going well. Can I call that Uh steal in the lane? I'm about to die. I got to get my charger. You guys go. Can I I call that steal in the lane? Uh, run out with the Euro-esque step there. And oh. The best play of his career. What's so funny is while he's doing it, you're like, he's thinking like, should I just keep going? You know, like the whole time he's like, can someone come get the friggin' ball? And he's like, I guess not. And he just kind of kept going, you know? That was he unreal. Just, he just levitates to bing, the rim. Bing, like it's nothing. bang, you know? Awesome. Yeah. That um, uh, that was rivaled by Cantor's friggin' dunk. Oh my! That I had Lord. to rewind. I had to rewind. I was like, was that that was Tatum, right? And I rewound. I <laughs> We're was having like, some Oh fun my again. god! It was Cantor. 
of all people dunking on somebody too. Oh Long my Taylor. god! Taylor gave the, gave the game the game Let me just say right off the top: these last two weeks, it has been an awful two seasons of watching this team. There's been some fun the last week or two here, like the young guys stepping up, some great plays, big performances. I, I've loved these last two weeks. I've had fun watching these games, and Rob uh, playing this way is going to be a big part of the team not only meeting their potential, but being exciting and rising up uh, Zach Lowe's league pass rankings because they had to be down in the bottom 10 the way these last two years have gone with all the isolation and everything. The ball movement's better. It's no mistake that they find him more often in a game where the ball movement is ticked up. Uh, he has certainly, I think, done a good job of making the most of things, offensive rebounding and all that. Uh, so then when he actually gets more opportunities to catch lobs and do some other things here, he has a vintage night. You know, maybe a night as good as he's ever had. Like, John, I've I've been pushing back against um, your uh, disappointment with his season. Like, I think he's been more sustainable. When he's gotten the opportunities, he's been more efficient. And I think he's still Rob. Like, he's, he's just a more refined, concentrated version of him. It's not the big flashes you saw a year ago. He's just having good games now as a whole. Uh, and so... It's, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's relative to my expectations, which are uh, admittedly, you know, possibly unreasonably high. I But I really believe there's like, you know, and I kind of made like a, a, a Neo in the Matrix kind of parallel on Twitter. I honestly don't think he gets that he's the one, you know, like I yeah. don't think he under I don't think he fully understands his powers and abilities. And like he's only sometimes doing them and sometimes just. He still has too many moments as a passenger, as opposed to like, uh, like Rob, you can do. I don't think that's his fault, though. I brought like Rob, you can do so many things if like you just someone unlocked it. You know, like I don't know if it's putting him in a gym for friggin' a month straight with KG, or you know, a different offseason regimen or something like that, or Ime saying we're involving him in the offense in, in these ways, uh, but. It, it there's still he is he's gone leaps and bounds year over year and he there's still so you know how many mu- there is so much untapped potential here um because you see it in flashes so you know it exists and then the next time you see it completely disappear and you're perplexed by it you know so i, I wrote about the celtics offense earlier in the week and there were some startling stats on his involvement just between passes to him and uh, pick and roll plays. Now the pick and roll plays are only going to be plays where he takes a shot or it leads to a shot. So even the pass outs in those situations might not count, but I found that he gets one pick and roll dive a game, like between one and two, which is just criminal. When you think about like the efficiency of those plays, he's in the 80th percentile of pick and roll rollers, but he only gets two a game. Uh, he only gets about, I think, seven passes a game total. I got to find the exact number on that one. But like the usage rate for him is just staggeringly low yeah. for how efficient he is. Yeah, it is. Um, it's the usage is crazy low, and that's why. I mean, again, there's he receives certain... seventeen passes a game. I know. I mean, there's sometimes where he's got two field goal attempts, and you're like you want to say like, is Rob not being assertive enough? And then you realize he just never has the ball in his hands, never has the ball. But then again, you see those times where he picks it up on the, you know, at the elbow 
and his shoulders aren't even square to the basket. He's never an offensive threat. He's no. facing sideways, looking for the handoff, and then to go kind of roll or you know or, or peel off or you know. So he's not even he's not catching and squaring and making himself an offensive threat. He's not there's nothing. We knew in the that post, about him, though. Yes, but like I said, is he has enough of a stroke to be able to threaten that elbow jumper. It's a, fu- it's a free throw. If people give it to you, you take it. <laughs> he hasn't you know? been good there either, but he doesn't even look, he doesn't even yeah. look for it. You know, the um, free throw shooting is worrying me because that's a way teams could continue to neutralize him. I think he was one. I think that's a, the... I think it's a blip um, because right. we've, we've seen him and I don't think see anything mechanically wrong with it. I just think it's, it's a, uh, you know, All right. a... yeah, he, that was the golden state one where he was really bad in that regard. And then I, I think it continued against, uh, he didn't play in the Philly game. So it must've been that back to back with New York and uh golden state there where that fell apart. Listen, you want to start to see those areas you described there come into play, right? Cause you're, you're correct. He, he did pick and pop last year. He did do certain things on the dribble and, you know, run offensive sets, high dribble handoff action, a few things outside of just basic pick and right. roll where he got involved in that regard. In today's game, I thought he had a nice offensive rebound where he actually went one dribble and finished on the other side of the basket. He never goes up yep. on putbacks. Yeah. Uh, so that's never. something. That's never. something there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is more of the ilk of the high upside kind of game it's, you it's, want to see regularly from him. It's the strangest thing. I'd love to see the numbers considering, you know, how the Celtics rebounding numbers have been pretty good this year. But you've got a couple of guys who are pretty good on the offensive glass and Enos and Ennis and Rob. Rob won't put it back up and Ennis can't put it back up. You know, like between the two of them right now, the amount of wasted opportunities with their offensive rebounds. One skill and a text. Go ahead. I can only imagine Cantor's numbers in that area and his freedom. I'm going to pull him up real quick. Oh, my God. But specifically on putbacks, on offensive rebounds, it's atrocious, it feels like. And that was it. He used to gobble that stuff up. One area that's incredibly underrated with Rob that I wish there, maybe there is a stat and I'm just, I don't know, but the tap outs, um, the controlled taps on balls that he knows he can't corral as a full rebound, but he tips two people to get the rebound is he, that's and those actually, are the tricky ones. Do those always count for him? Or that's an, yeah. that's an elite skill. He sometimes does it as a control. Him and Tatum did a little thing in there like that at one point yeah. tonight. Uh, so he, he had one the other night that was like a pass, but he's the, those it's some people will just keep the ball alive in a tip drill and whatever happens. His are controlled tips to people. It's really, really uh, impressive. If you pay attention to it, he does that a lot, several times a game. It feels like where he goes up and taps it to somebody recognizing this is the best way we're going to control this ball rather than me trying to muscle it away from the guy next to me. So Ennis's numbers aren't as bad as I thought they were. One nope. point per possession, which is fine. Uh, 54% shooting in that spot, which is better than I thought it was. He does actually play quite a few of them up, uh, but that's only the 42nd percentile for a guy who grabs a ton of them. That should probably be better. Rob's is 58%, which is low for him uh, shooting yep. inside there. One point per possession, too. He's about league average in that area. Considering Tatum's he shot seventy something percent last year from the field, that is low. Tatum's right. on the boards too this year, which is great. He's Much actually built. he's yeah. right there with Rob in terms of offensive rebounds a game. Al never gets them, but he finishes all of them pretty much. Yeah, uh, so it's a weapon for them. They'll definitely yeah. utilize that a ton. Um, other minor improvements, not just talking about Rob here. We mentioned Tatum. One thing I've noticed, um, he has gotten a lot, uh, a lot smarter and a lot more slippery uh, and clever 
um, in his drives uh, recently. And again, he didn't have a great shooting night tonight. So, uh, but I've noticed a lot of times uh, the way he's positioning and controlling his body and, 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 and either Euro stepping or just kind of, you know, switching hands, he's getting ducking under, he's getting the shot off much more cleanly without doing that foul hunting scoop that has a low percentage chance of getting in his shots now have a high percentage a chance of getting in but they're a lot more um you know like i said he's just gotten a lot more adding clever. the left hand a little bit i mean that's something brand's yes. always had on he's him gotten clever lane. around the rim hey sherrod welcome back yeah he he's definitely Thanks. more balanced and in control in there there was a nice post-up play down the stretch of this game too where he just kind of spun and glided in there for a finish that's always been the big weakness in his game i felt like and i did send you that chart in the group chat john uh the other day he's top 10 in terms of guys going to the rim he always goes to the rim that's not even a question anymore. J- jalen drive more no jason jason like, yeah. he constantly drives to the rim at this point in his career well over 10 times a game so that's we used to Complain well, about at, that? That's our question now. It's after finished. that, having gone down every year of his career, so it had to tick up a little bit because it was uh, we were in a bad way there. Um, Sherrod, we were talking a little bit about Rob and his evolution. If you wanted to add anything to that, just whether or not you know, like what he is versus what he can be, how far he is from his potential, and then we just got a little bit into Tatum. But you can go in any direction you want here, if that is your real name. <laughs> I don't know if right. he's got our audio. No, so, you Rob, got us. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Rob's playmaking—that's that's what really jumps out to me in, in this game. And, and frankly, something that I think as time moves on, we're going to see that part of his game evolve and become more impactful. We know he can score. We know he can play above the rim. We know he can defend. But can he make guys around him better? And at his position, that is finding guys, being that that playmaker, similar to what we see Al Horford has done. For years this was a great example of, of his potential in that regard yeah and if he's gonna reach that Horford level just things we haven't seen from him at all gotta improve like it's nice to see things we never see from him in this one the, the low post dribble where he actually gets the ball down low and doesn't have to throw it out dribbling on the fast break being in control in that spot that's something we never ever see from him and this year I haven't seen a lot of creation from him as a whole uh, maybe in chaotic spots where the ball is getting away from him and he makes something out of nothing. Uh, But there hasn't been a ton of dribble handoff action and just all these other things that made him such a great high-end assist guy in the past. And the turnover is still an issue. Like He's got to get rid of the play where he just throws it to the other team going the other way. That was there tonight as well. We know the Clippers game was the low end of that this year. Uh, So with higher usage, I think much of his game has translated and uh, turned into a steady player in the spot, but now you got to start to see him try different things that he never ever tries. If you want to see him round out his game, not just be a pick and roll and low post defense kind of guy who can switch a little bit. Uh, you want to see him add things like Jokic did, like Horford did, like these bigs who just evolved from being one thing early in their career and rounded it out to be an all-around player. And that's the only way, John, he's going to become the third piece next to Jalen and Jason. Otherwise, he's just going to be a role guy, a high-end role guy. When I talk about third piece, I'm more saying, like, I believe that there's – that he – it could be this kind of unicorn for you, not like a traditional, like, oh, okay, here's my big three. I'm just saying 
the, what the value he's going to bring that will always show in the numbers at the end of the day is going to be in this insane net rating and his PER and his plus minus and how good they are with him on the floor, but not necessarily show up in the stats that you're going to be like, that's the clear cut third star. I'm saying his play elevates all around them at his best. We've seen that their best units have Rob on the floor always and so him continuing to evolve doing more and the attention that he draws you know with his a bit with his ability to roll and then some of the other things he does with his playmaking just creates all around just a better unit on the floor at all times so i just thought we'd see another level of that i didn't think all of a sudden he's going to be friggin' moses malone down there you know you know you know or you know kevin McHale with post-up moves it's just not in his dna that's not who he's going to be i actually don't think he's got a lot of comps because you know he's capella just, uh, yeah maybe you know but he's just not traditional you know in a lot of the things that he does he really is a unique player yeah, he's better defensively than Compella, and he can yeah. pass more than him. And so he can pass. A... It's totally different. It's really yeah. – we haven't seen I, – I don't have a good comp for him. Everyone's like – you know, I mean, I know Sherrod likes the uh, – what's his name? He lit us up. Um, M- M- JaVale McGee. Oh, okay. Um, and, uh, and we've heard DeAndre Jordan, which I think is the worst comp because Jordan's bad at everything except for <laughs> except for jumping. You know, that is true. That is yeah. true. Well, let's so, figure out, Rob, you know, Rob's bad at a lot of things right now, too, outside of the areas he's great at. So there's got to be an attempt. You've said this, John, there's got to be uh, some effort at improving in those other areas and willingness to do those things. Uh, pick and pop, putting it on the floor, around the basket, maybe flashing a post move here or there, uh, running the offense for a set or two a game. Being able to pass out of rebounds, like there are some basic things that he still needs to really clean up. But the things he's excellent at: rebounding, finishing, diving, uh, setting screens. Too, I'd add to the list. He set better ones tonight. He's been a mess setting screens lately. I didn't send you a video of uh, kind of like an off-ball screen where Brown was in the corner and he was just setting a screen on nobody, kind of looking around like, "Where am I supposed to be?" <laughs> so, like, there's so much he has to work on. But the good thing is, he's so good even without all those things. No, Greg. Not Tony Batiste. Someone said Drummond. I almost threw up in the chat. I don't know what these people are talking about. Yeah. Um, real Aiden. quick. Real Aiden's quick. like a fully fleshed out version of him already. I want to give uh, very quickly uh, two programming notes. One, uh, support our sponsors, please. Among those LinkedIn, go to linkedin.com slash garden. Post a job for free. Uh, this is the number one place to go find employees. And that's a hard thing to do nowadays. Uh, and LinkedIn uh, obviously has the market cornered here in terms of the best place to go out there and find talent uh, for your job. There's over 770 million people who subscribe to LinkedIn who are checking this site daily. Um, so obviously, if you need to hire and, you know, hey, I don't want to pay for it. Great. Do the first one for free. See what you get out of it. Uh, it's on us. LinkedIn.com slash garden. Uh, head on over there uh, and post your first job. And then, of course, always we want to tell you about Calm. Calm.com slash garden. Number one sleep and meditation app. Receive 40% off a Calm premium subscription. We need Calm this week. I mean, everything going on, it is stressful. It's- like It just kind of... Just hearing about all the stuff going on stresses you out. Like I've needed Calm more than ever before this last week. I was walking down, uh, you know, I was on Newbury Street today and took the fam and we're just walking around, you know, taking a little Christmas vibe. uh, And you just, you know, like normally it just feels like it's a cheery time. And I'm there with like cute kids running around and like 
I don't get one look, one smile, head down, stressed faces. Everybody is freaking fried right now, man. So yeah, you think you don't need it. You need it. Calm.com slash garden sleep. At least get your sleep. If you're going to be stressed out in every waking hour of the day, at least be be rested. Okay. Calm.com slash garden, 40% off a calm premium subscription. You probably don't realize how much you need this right now, but you do. We all do. We're stressed out. We're heading into the holidays here. It's been another long freaking year. So everybody chill and get your sleep and, and and get after it last thing and i never do this but i just will solicit uh guys if you're watching this video if you're not a subscriber subscribe please to our youtube channel and if you're watching and you like it give All us a access. like give us a like and if you don't it's very clear that you don't from your comments i know i know who you are too um but John, jump on in here <laughs> jump on in sorry sure i had you muted there jump on in give us a like please um subscribe if you can sorry uh there was some background there you're good um and uh if not this I, depending on which channel you're watching from our main youtube channel also celtics all access where you get a lot of our breakdown videos a lot of the stuff bobby manning's gonna do um you know either breaking down film I had a good one from Monday after the uh, 76ers game on the floor, mid-court. We're we're out there more often. Sherrod and I did one on uh, Saturday night. There's some good stuff on All Access. That was really good stuff, in-depth stuff on All Access, so make sure you check that out. Plus, you get all of our podcasts, and we have a whole fleet of them there. So if you're not familiar with it, you can catch – uh, a ton of some of the best, if not the best Celtics podcasts in town, uh, in addition to some outstanding Patriots content as well. So uh, make sure you check us out there. Uh, guys, any other thoughts on uh, this game or anything we have going forward here? Oh, you know what? Everyone gets really mad when we don't talk about it, but it's, it, you know, we definitely have to. Uh, you know, <laughs> no, I mean, it's you know, we do. Uh, we're guilty. We take Jalen. Jalen's for- my favorite Celtics player. I'm we take Jalen for granted, and when he has good games, we're like, yeah, because you expect that. But it's been a weird year for him. So in a normal 80-game year, when he drops a game like this, you'd be like, okay, so it was a Jalen night, and then tomorrow is a Tatum night, and then blah, blah, blah. But it's three games back. Let's talk about how he looks physically. Sherrod, you're there. Bobby, you've been there. You guys have been at the Garden. You're watching him move. Do you see anything? And again, it was obvious how poorly he was moving the first stint obvious whether you're at on the court or tv his expression his his everything in between you could tell he was just stressing over it even if he wasn't actually grabbing at it how's he moving to you guys right now i think he's, he's moving decent but part of his biggest problem I, I think is more mental than physical at this point i, I do think that there's some mental scar tissue that he's kind of breaking through and getting past because yeah. this is an injury that has affect, affect, affected him twice, at least two times, to where he's missed significant time. And that has a way of causing some just, you know, some second-guessing of, of your body when you're out there. So I, I think Jalen, what he's finding is that as the game goes on, his body is saying, this is okay. You can be the Jalen before all this this stuff was happening. Do that. And that's why I think we're, as the more we watch Jalen play, the better he's going to consistently be in the latter stages of play than he is at the start of games. Yeah, I, I like the movement, especially compared to where he was. It was a disaster, those five games where he came back early. You just looked at the efficiency. That's something I've come to just expect flat out from him is 50% or above. 
uh, nailing threes at a high rate, scoring in a short amount of time, like 16 and 14 minutes to start this one. Uh, I had a friend text me who doesn't watch the Celtics every game, but went to this game and she was like, man, I didn't even realize Jalen had 16 after the first. Like, how'd that happen? And that happens all the time. He just gets going and you're like, holy crap, he has 10 already in the first. Oh, he's got 20 at halftime. He is one of the most efficient guys when he's right. I've ever seen at the wing position. I remember he kind of broke like a, it was 18 for 22 last year. He had that level of a game, which I think was stood up among some of the most efficient games ever for a guy at his position. Uh, he is just the tone setter on this team in many ways to me. You're starting to see him on the ball more often. He's doing some things with Rob in the lane. He's getting them out on the break again and again. Like he you think about the pace issues that he may commented on pregame Jalen just solves them by being out there. They play faster when he's out there. He makes them get out on the run. You're not going to play slow if he's healthy, right? No. The ball. Yeah. And I'm not, this isn't an opportunity to rag on Tatum. Cause I like a lot of what Tatum's done um, lately uh, just in terms of the evolution of his game and other aspects beyond just scoring, even though I think there are elements of his scoring that have that have improved as well. We talked about the stuff at the rim, but it is freaking maddening when Tatum, who's been more aggressive on the boards, pulls down a defensive rebound and just turns and starts to walk it up the court. I don't understand that. Like I've never, what level of basketball have you ever been taught to grab a defensive rebound and start to walk? Ever. You either run yourself or you pass it up the floor to someone and they were they, flying tonight and they run. So yes, you're right. Brown, that's much more his mentality. Uh, you know, if they're getting it off a miss and he goes and he, and you know, you're, you're, you're keeping the defense on their hills. Tatum just gets those boards and walks and he just can't get that out of his head. You know, he's, he's been better. He's been he's, better. This uh, year. It's very, that's the one thing that still drives me crazy. He's so deliberate uh you know after grabbing a defensive board and turning it up and you're right you do see Jalen helps them do it they are generally speaking from a pace of play perspective not you know not one of the faster teams can, can I say this too and I've, I've had conversations with other fans at this point I've looked at the trade machine I've given this more thought than I ever have before this year just given where they're at and the trade value that we've talked about <laughs> They should never, ever trade Jalen for anything. Like, they have to keep him. They have to. Like, he's just too good. You can't trade a guy. We've talked about selling low for him in the pieces. That would be a disaster just in terms of value. I don't think there's one-for-one trades out there. Like, at this point, the Lillard one, I'm kind of out on Brown being the guy in the middle of that trade. Simmons, certainly, I'm not swapping them out. Uh, Sabonis, no. Like, who around the league would you – Towns, That's though. the point. I know on Towns for him. Everything is a lateral move unless you get pieces. He's too good. Everybody's and, begging for this guy. I had Justin Rowan on Dome Theory, and he's like, can we get Jalen to Cleveland, please? Please, yeah. we'll give you anything. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, I think it's silly. Did you guys see the uh, Bleacher Report um, uh, suggested trade today for Sabonis? Oh, for Boston? Yeah. I didn't see it, no. It was – um. Smart, Grant, Romeo, and one first-rounder for Sabonis. <laughs> You're going to need more picks than that. Sure. I don't see that. Here's what's the in, thing about that. What's in that for Indiana? The Pacers, what's, what's in it for them? 
So I was thinking about this. And two you guys younger gonna... players, a first round draft pick, and smart. You know, so you're not necessarily te- you're not going that's into full the key because you're not going into do a full rebuild. You're not doing full rebuild. You're kind of rolling on the fly. It's the right concept for a package. Wrong players, you know, which would be a vet, a, a veteran, some younger pieces who aren't I think as mature yet, um, and then a pick. It makes sense if uh, if Romeo was a different guy and Grant was a different guy, you know. Um, you know, if those younger players were ones who might have, you know, all-star pedigrees two, three years from now, yes, you could do a deal like that. Would you, but you, would you, you trade can't for, do it for those guys, yeah. Would you trade for Turner? Yeah. We've been down this road, but would you go the other direction there? I don't, know what that, I don't know what that does for you. Passing big, guy who can run some offense, who can shoot from that position, and defensive I, I, player of the year I'm caliber fine. defense. I, I wanted him when the alternative was letting Hayward walk for nothing. I don't want to give up stuff for him, honestly. Like, when we wanted him before, right. it was because Hayward's leaving anyway, so you're going to get nothing versus something. So I'll take the something versus the TPE, which ended up yielding nothing. You know, and again, you don't know. You kick that TPE can down the road. You've still got it. So that 17 mil still might be I think there's a deal you know? here. There really is, I think, with where these two teams are at. It's going to be in the offseason, though, when Brogdon's in play, uh, when teams are going to be more willing to flip picks on draft night and everybody knows where they're at. I think there's there's been a deal here. Like, listen, how many shows did we do, do on the Hayward-Turner thing and just how many different ways could these teams have helped each other back then? I think they're going to circle back to each other when the time's right here. It's just not going to be during this year. Perhaps. I could see that. I could see I that. Could see, I could see it. And I do think... Um, this notion that I don't believe the Celtics are going to sell out for whatever happens this year. I think any deal, there's no urgency because I don't think they're like, you know, I think it's going to be a tough year to make. You make in season deals. If if you're a team like the Celtics for two reasons Uh, or for any team, you make in season deals. If you think you're a player away or this is the best moment, most advantageous moment to pull the trigger on it. You know, and, and with the Celtics, it isn't necessarily in season. You might wait till the off season, but you do have all of those TPEs that expire by June. So if you're going to use no, them, that got... one actually goes late, doesn't it? Because they did that. Free no, they're like May, June, and Ju- they're they're. I think you have one after one in the actual off season, but two are during the season. So when did uh, when did free agency start? It was August, right? Yeah. So the Fournier ones, but August, it's normally it's it won't be the it won't be. The, well, when did they start the season this year? Uh, October. Did they start yeah, nor- normal time? So it'll be in July then, because it's it's right around Fourth of July. They'll have time to do it while the off season's going. I'm fairly confident about that. Sometimes they move it if the season changes dates, uh, just to make it proportional. But if it's just a year from the date, then it'll be August, because that's when they actually did that trade. But we'll we'll see. I don't know that exactly. I had the dates somewhere, um, but I, that, that is the concern that you do have. It's, there is a well, user. you can do that in the year, right? Like pick up the salary. Hopefully it's a multi-year guy rather than a Fournier. You can do the Schroeder thing. You can do those in one deal together. It's just going to be expensive if you're taking a lot of money back for Schroeder. Um, we'll see. There's stuff they can do in year. I think the big blockbuster everybody's waiting for, especially with all the teams packed in the middle this year, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon and all this COVID stuff that emerged, I don't see a ton of action this year. Like, I think all this stuff has thrown it for a wrinkle. The new playoff format where 20 teams get in, as well as the uh, COVID situation in the league. Like, 
we'll see. We'll see where it goes. 50 days. Start the countdown. <laughs> Start the countdown. All right. Uh, we are going to wrap. Um, Josue just popped in, so we're going to let him have a final word here. I know he's having some technical difficulties. It was noisy as F Both, out there. Everything. And then, and then it's noisy again. So as they quiet down. Sorry about that, guys. But That's yeah, all right. Look, I just, to, to your point, Doc, I caught it like the last minute and a half. Look, this team, they're not going to get this piece that's going to make them a championship team all of a sudden but what they can do is consolidate and obviously you got to use that tpe you know you have to use it obviously before it expires and i don't think brad stevens in his first year of, of, of managing this this team this thing i don't think he drops the ball in that way i, I think that's the last thing he wants to do he's he's he hit a couple of uh i don't know what to call home runs but solid hits throughout the, the his first offseason and it's, it's time to see what he's going to do mid-season you know before that deadline so we'll, we'll wait and see I saw somebody throw it, uh, Jeremy Grant in the chat. When we were talking about him last year, we were coming from the position of like, why would they ever trade that guy in a million years? Things are so different there this year. And now that it actually seems like they're considering something like that, possibly that's one you circle back on, right? It was like, but that guy. The, uh, awesome. But year one and how much he was, uh, how much he was about Detroit and Detroit was about him would have been really bad. It was, he was an untradeable piece last year because like it was a big, big deal for for he, you know, for, for him and for them uh, and for him to be their centerpiece. And I, there's no way they were going to turn around and drop him in a year. Um, He's uh He's out six weeks now, so that pushes pretty close to the deadline. And yeah. Detroit's what four and twenty nine, or something ridiculous like that. They are going to be selling some guys here close to the deadline, I would guess. Yeah, the only question is whether or not. And you're right. I think only the Tice TPE expires during the season, and the others do go into the off season. So those are the bigger ones. You have flexibility. They're they're not going to. If you were a player away, I mean, may, I don't think they want to go deeper into the tax to use that Tice TP, but they'll use it if they have to. Every yeah, every dollar is going to be taxed heavily for them bringing guys heavily. on. It might not be worth it. Um, all right, guys, we're gonna wrap uh, Christmas. We're gonna do a show. Some of us, some people. It's gonna Let's happen. Go. It's we're early in the day. You from the Pavone household. I will yeah. be. Here. Let's do it. Yeah. So there'll be some show in some capacity. Attendance is not mandatory for all the Garden Report people, but at least a couple, <laughs> Mr. Ross scratches his head. <laughs> at least a at least a couple of us are going to be here. Um, Gerard, take the night off. You're working hard. Yeah, yeah for exactly. real. Go enjoy the fam, man. Chill out. Um, He's already gone. Take care. <laughs> It's great playing on Christmas. Imagine if they were home, we'd all be schlucking in there. <laughs> oh man, those are tough, man. I mean. Who knows what's going to happen? I've worked a lot of Christmases. I've worked a lot of Thanksgivings. It is what it is, man. You know. But at least that but Wizards game, top, top. you know, it was like a five o'clock start, right? It wasn't too early. It wasn't too late. So, but yeah, it's true. Yeah. Uh, once again, shout out to LinkedIn. Uh, as we said, we are back on Christmas. We will say to everyone again, uh, thank you very much for hanging out uh, all season long. Uh, last couple of years, it's always been fun. Uh, we are going to, as we said, be back on Christmas. Uh, for those of you that don't join, and we totally understand if you don't, Merry Christmas to all of you. Hope you enjoy uh, the holidays. Uh, but we'll just keep bringing you shows uh, throughout you know, the holiday season here into the new year as the Celtics try to get above 500. Let's see if we can do it this time. What do you think, guys? <laughs> Is Giannis playing? Wow. We'll how, this, how, how, the, how the bar is falling. All Giannis. I want for... All I want for Christmas is a five is a team one game above five hundred. 
Giannis and uh, DiVincenzo, who hasn't played in a long <laughs> time. Will be, uh, your wish shall be granted, John. You shall get your wish. But yep. will they stay there, guys? Will they at least stay there for a bit? We'll see. Giannis, Giannis. See, now, Josue, Divin- you're being greedy. Now you're being greedy, <laughs> Josue. Giannis well, and uh, DiVincenzo, 11 days out from COVID on the 25th. So we'll see. That's a toss-up there. That'll be there. Well, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Um, but three days, you might get some Celtics back, too. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, But until then, thank you guys for watching. Thank you for hanging out. As we said, please subscribe. Please like it. Um, And uh, we'll see you guys on Christmas. Take care.